This week we're after one of my favourite farms, Finca La Illusion in El Salvador from Ernesto Mendez. My name is Steve Layton and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So this week we're off to El Salvador, and as I said in the opening, one of my favourite coffees, Finca La Illusion, which is based in Apaneca Lamatec uh, mountain range, which is in uh, and predominant, predominantly on the uh, mountain of Santarana. Uh, the Santarana volcano is well renowned for its amazing coffee, and this farm just so happens to be at the very, very top of that mountain, going up to around about 19,000 metres, which as I say, it's really as high as you can get. After the farm, you're actually in the National Park, which it is illegal to farm and plant things, so it really is quite unique. I first found this coffee back in 2008, uh, grown by Ernesto Mendez, and Ernesto um, is a multiple Cup of Excellence winner, this also winning in 2008, and me, along with some Taiwanese buyers, actually bought the entire production um, and paid a heck of a lot of money for a number one. Um, but we've also followed that up and we continue to buy it for a number of years. Um, uh, uh, Alejandro um, uh, Mendez, uh, the 2011 World Barista Champion, used this coffee for his espressos in his performance. Um, following that win, all of a sudden everybody else wanted to buy that coffee. So uh, I ended up um, losing the coffee and we didn't have it for a couple of years. But like everything that's in trend and in vogue, it suddenly becomes something else in trend and in vogue, and those buyers moved away. And since 2015, we've bought the entire production of La Illusion and plan to buy it for the uh, very long-term future. We buy lots of other coffees from Ernesto as well. Los Brumas, which Dale used in the 2017 World Barista Championships, is one of uh, Ernesto's coffees. Uh, um, you've also got Los Andes, uh, you also have Alaska, um, just a beautiful, amazing farms. And the reason why Ernesto does so well in Cup of Excellence competitions is he just pays attention to every single detail of the farm, from picking right through to processing and dry milling. And everything that he does is done for a reason. Uh, and that's why I love working with Ernesto so much. Okay. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to cup the La Illusion. So going to get in there and this is the cupping notes that I'm putting together for you because I actually have cupped it a couple of times as pre-production roast but this is the first production roast so this is live tasting descriptors as we go so uh, I'm going to be thinking as well as looking at a camera so bear with me now one thing I love about this coffee is its consistency every year it has very similar tasting descriptions this year for me there's a little bit more lemon so it's like a, like a lemon rind, kind of like very kind of pithy and kind of really big acidity. There's a very delicate kind of like brown sugar, milk, chocolate sweetness in there. And for me, this coffee is all about the fruit salad sweets. So do you remember the little fruit salads you get? It, not as pronounced as it's been in previous years, but you can still taste it there. And what it finishes on is something that's like really like 
thick double cream type mouthfeel and sweetness as well. So very, very magnified coffee, magnified acidity and magnified sweetness. Now there's always a trade-off for that. The body could do with being just a little bit more. But for me, this is one of the finest coffees that we actually have at Has Been. So this week I'm gonna try something a little bit different. I'm kind of a little bit obsessed with this thing because it's something that happened in my adult lifetime and there's not many civil wars that have happened in that time. Um, and I've kind of been going to the country from 10 years after where the Salvadorian civil war happened. Um, it was a conflict between the military-led uh, government of El Salvador, and I'm going to screw this up, so you have to excuse me, but the Fabrundo Marti National Liberation Front, uh, and a coalition of other uh, kind of um, uh, smaller organisations, several left-wing groups. Um, there was a coup in October 15, 79, which led to the killings of um, the anti-coup protesters by the government, as well as anti-disorder uh, protesters. Uh, by the guerrillas, and it was really seen as the, the, the touch paper for the, the, for the civil war. <clears throat> the fully-fledged civil war lasted around about 12 years and saw some of the worst violence in, in a civil war in recent years. Um, it included the deliberate terrorising and targeting of civilians uh, by death squads, um, the recruitment of children for soldiers, um, violations of human rights, which were mostly done by the government uh, military. Uh, they don't know how many disappeared, they have a figure, but they, it was just a huge amount of people disappearing and around about 70,000, 80,000 people killed between 1980 and 1992. Um, in 2016, the Salvadorian uh, Supreme Court ruled the amnesty law was unconstitutional and that the El Salvador government could prosecute war criminals, which was a fairly big, big thing. Um, the biggest supporters of it were the United States contributing um, to the conflict by providing around about one to two million pounds every, uh, dollars every day uh, to the El Salvadorian go government. This was led by the Carter um, and the Reagan administrations. The Salvadorian government was seen as friendly by the allies of the US um, and in the context of the Cold War, which was, you know, th th at that time it was pretty, pretty big. Um, in May 1983, US officers ended up taking over the top levels of the Salvadorian military and were making the critical decisions for the war in a country which was a civil war, which is just, you think about it in today's terms, it's just bizarre. Um, United Nations has estimated that the FMLN guerrillas were responsible for around about 5% of the civilian uh, murders during the uh, Salvadorian war, while approximately 85% of all killings of civilians were committed by the Salvadorian armed forces and death squads, led by the US government, the biggest nation in the world. Um, in 1990, the UN began uh, peace negotiations between them, and they came to a final agreement on January 1692, uh, where the peace accord was signed uh, in Mexico City, formally ending the conflict. Um, it was just absolutely horrendous. Um, the Civil War was, it was like part of the Central American crisis during that whole Cold War thing. Um, the government was supported by the United States, Chile, Argentina, Israel, Taiwan and Guatemala. Um, and the FMLN, um, they, they, they were losing, um, like they started off when the war started, there was around about 10,000 uh, soldiers by the end. There were 70,000 soldiers, 55,000 regulars, 
and 15,000 paramilitary. Um, and the government forces, they had 7,000 deaths during that civil war. Um, the uh, opposition was supported by Cuba, by Nicaragua. Um, started with around about 10,000 and then ended with about 10,000, but lost 20,000 people um, in the civil war. And some of the overall deaths were just unbelievable. So around about 80,000 dead, uh, 8,000 disappeared, and over half a million were displaced uh, to refugees in, uh, in, in other countries. I know it's a dark topic, but it just makes us realise how far we've come in the world today, that those things that wouldn't be allowed to happen now. Um, and it just blows my mind that it could back then. So now the best part, time to drink coffee. I'd like to tell you how I brewed this, but I can't because it's a top secret project that you might find out in a few weeks' time. But uh, let's just say it was brewed on a very travel-friendly device. So, so what we talked about earlier when we focused on those tasting notes were how consistent this coffee is. Now, that lemon acidity is much higher than it's been before. It really is kind of ramped up a little bit. But the old familiar friends of milk chocolate and those fruit salad sweets just come running through. Incredibly chuggable, incredibly drinkable, but also incredibly complex. Like this is one of the highest scoring coffees that I have year on year. It's also one of the most expensive coffees that we have year on year. So sharing it with you is always, uh, um, it's good, but it's, it's expensive. So, um, yeah, really interesting coffee, a fantastic farmer with a really good relationship, a really good story, uh, and somebody who's incredibly talented at what they do. Thank you for joining me, as always, and do remember, life is too short for bad coffee.